You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All glory and honor is due to Almighty subhanahu wa ta'ala, is due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And peace and blessings be upon uh, the greatest of creation, uh, Habibi Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Jazakumullah for joining us. Well, it's uh, it's a Friday evening, just gone 8 o'clock. I'm Adamine Templeton, and this is Current Affairs. Current Affairs in a really beautiful day. Wasn't, wasn't that, Juma, just a beautiful day? I hope that you uh, you had some some good chow after your, your Juma this afternoon, uh, because it really uh, would have provided you with... Um, uh, something to digest as you watched. Um, well, it wasn't as magnificent a judgment as, as I was hoping for, but for me, the main thing that comes out of the International Court of Justice judgment today was the fact that Israel, Nazi Israel, has been tagged as a genocidaire, as a country that is implementing genocide. Um, and, and, and that, that is the biggest thing that has come out of today. No matter what they say about, well, the International Court of Justice implemented its own remedial measures. It didn't implement the remedial measures South Africa wanted. Maybe in some ways that was to be expected. Uh, but the fact of the matter is uh, the most important thing they did not give a, a judgment on uh, was that... Um, and they did not order Israel to desist and decease, to stop the slaughter. Um, and uh, it, re- it will remain to be seen whether or not the judgment will make any difference to how apartheid Israel goes about waging its, its genocide against the Palestinians. Um, and uh, I think the most important effect of this judgment is going to be the effect that it's going to have on Israel's allies. While Israel may be willing to pull up uh, all of the all of the drawbridges, uh, close all the doors, and uh, lock itself into some kind of um, isolated exile in the world, uh, its partners cannot. United States cannot shut itself off from the world. Europe cannot shut itself off from the world. The white nations, largely, by and large, the white nations cannot shut themselves off from the rest of the world, much as perhaps they'd like to and live in um, some kind of like um, uh, perfect isolation as well with Israel. They're not going to be able to afford to do that. And whether or not they can afford to isolate Africa, which has wholeheartedly come, uh, come out in, in support of South Africa. Although I must admit, you know, there are some very, um, very worrying uh, dissenters in African ranks. And we saw that very clearly today uh, with the dissenting judge. There were only two dissenting judges. Uh, judge Aaron Barak, who's from Israel and was to be expected, he would vote the way he did. But the real shock was Uganda's Julia Sebutinde, who I would go so far as to say is not an African. He's not an African. There's no ways. Uh, I would say she probably she was probably bribed. There's no other way to describe describe such a, such a horrific betrayal. And I hope I hope that Uganda removes her as a judge when she returns um, from his stint at the International Court of Justice. 
Uh, yeah, the most important thing coming out today was that the ceasefire was not ordered. Uh, many commentators, uh, subsequent and also prior to the case, pointed out that Israel had made it very clear they had no intention of uh, listening to any judgment that would tell them to stop fighting. But what it is going to do is, is it's going to remove um, perhaps uh, weapons and ammunition support coming to it from its traditional allies. Ammunition has been in very short supply uh, for Ukrainians because uh, the Israelis, uh, as the favorite uh, test case, uh, as a favorite little mascot for, for Western genocide, uh, has been taking the lion's share of the ammunition uh, in order to try and take out a tiny 30-kilometer coastal strip uh, and, uh, yeah, the, the, the extent of their murder is, uh, on average, 136 children a day dying versus what's going on in Ukraine as uh, one child uh, dead a day, as uh, we pointed out earlier this week. Does that mean that uh, Israel has committed 136 genocides since it started its operations? Anyway, um, the judgment today, I would say, mark, does mark a pivotal moment in international law. Uh, it has it has put the foot it has put the boot onto the other foot. Uh, it has always been we've seen international law being implemented, you know, to jail African tyrants. Now it would seem as though this may well the international law could well be turning into an instrument that is going to be used against what Europeans and Americans view as their interests. It's the first time. An African country has gone in and taken on a major power, which uh, well, no, because obviously when they're taken on Israel, which is, isn't even a country, um, they've taken on the major powers as America and, uh, and Europe. Uh, these are the main miscreants uh, in, in the background here. And these miscreants are going to be very careful. Uh, they cannot afford, they know that uh, they're not going to be able to uh, fall back onto uh, maniacal. Um, fanatical support uh, from their people and from their politicians, from their fellow politicians. Uh, if European politicians and American politicians find, them, find themselves facing genocide charges, uh, it's going to be, be, a, be a very different, different reality for them compared to Israeli politicians. They're not going to be able to um, uh, expect uh, to be uh, protected. So that's not going to happen. So the support for Israel is, should be showing a marked decline in, in the months ahead. Uh, but let's have, a, let's have a look at the judgment itself. Um, the, the court did stop short of ordering Israel to seize its attacks on Gaza, uh, but it, uh, but it um, issued its own provisional orders in the case brought by South Africa last month. ICJ President Joan Donahue delivered the judgment saying the humanitarian situation in Gaza was catastrophic. She imposed several conditions on Israel and said it must take all measures to prevent genocide against Palestinians in Gaza, but did not order it to stop its military operations altogether. The court did not rule on South Africa's accusations Israel had been committing, inciting and failing to punish those who commit genocide against Palestinians in its month-long bombardment of the Gaza Strip, 
deliberations on that, of course, could take years because um, this case today, I suppose uh, you could say, was, was decided on a balance of probabilities, if we'd like to, sort of, to translate this law into ordinary law that we understand. Uh, this was uh, this case was decided on a balance of probabilities as it was brought on an urgent basis. Uh, coming down to a definitive decision that yes, this is genocide because you've got lawyers and politicians involved and a whole lot of money involved, uh, international power relations involved. Uh, illegal experts believe that uh, a cut and dried, beyond reasonable doubt, criminal case against Israel would take years. So what we've got now is basically uh, a, bio- a, a balance of probabilities. If you take the, the, the cases, the, the facts for and the cases against, um, if you put them in the scale and you weigh them, well, South Africa has come out as more likely to be on the correct side, that we are correct. There is genocide that is taking place. It is plausible uh, to come to that conclusion. Um, and in fact, I, I would say it's, a, it's, a, it's almost impossible to come to any other conclusion. Uh, but... Uh, that's what we've got at the moment. We have got a balance of probabilities Israel is committing genocide in Gaza. Uh, it's going to be a major political setback for, uh, for, for um, Bibi, for um, Netanyahu in um, Benjamin Netanyahu in Israel, uh, and is probably going to cut the ground from under the feet of many of the big mouth right wing bullies uh, who uh, who traditionally surround uh, Netanyahu. So, is it going to bring about a political change in Israel? Well, you know, uh, during uh, the Second World War, um, while Germany was uh, bombing London, surveys were done of Londoners in London as they were facing the bombing. The worse the bombing gets, the more they supported their government. So what effect is this going to have on Israel? Um, Are Israelis going to say, no, we must close ranks now? Or are they going to start dividing and saying, no, we need to get rid of Benjamin Netanyahu? That seems to be a very strong movement in Israel at the moment, uh, but for all the wrong reasons, of course. I mean, many people want to get rid of Netanyahu because they want people even more right-wing than him to come in. So the effects on uh, the Israeli mind, if such a thing still exists, um, is something that's going to become clearer in the days ahead. Uh, the effects of this case on the personal political careers of uh, such uh, ardent uh, supporters of the genocide, like Rishi Sunak and uh, genocide Jim um, in the United States, uh, what effect this is going to have on the, the election process in the United States? Is Donald Trump going to make political a wind out of this? Is he going to is he going to try to make mileage out of this? Is he going to try and use this to undercut his opponent? Huh, well, you know, there, there, that's also a question fraught with all kinds of um, difficulties. It was Donald Trump who brought about the normalization process. Uh, his, his son is an avid Nazi. His son-in-law is an avid Nazi, that, that Kirshner guy. And uh, he has got a lot of Jewish friends. 
Uh, and uh, the, I think, you know, uh, yeah, actually, um, I, I, I thought that the, uh, the security establishment would have taken out Donald Trump uh, during his presidency. I was actually expecting that uh, during the, um, prior to the uh, 1916 elections. I was saying if Donald Trump does implement uh, many of these things that he says he's going to implement, they will kill him. They will assassinate him. They won't allow him to do that. In the end, he wasn't able to pull his troops out of Syria. Um, he, he did end some wars, but then he pulled out of the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty with Iran. So, um, <clears throat> you know, whether he did more or worse dam or less damage than Barack Obama regarding um, relations between the United States and the Islamic world uh, is open to argument. Uh, I certainly wouldn't hold out any hope that American presidents are going to become friendly towards uh, towards Muslims. Uh, so uh, who's who's going to end up uh, winning uh, the the battle between Trump and Biden in the elections ne uh, this year? Uh, it's a bit of a much of a muchness because I don't think it's going to make much difference regarding their relationship with Islam. We're likely to see bigger political. Uh, influences on individual careers in Israel than in the United States. But what we're likely to see in the, in the United States is a change in policy. I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping for a change in policy. I'm hoping for restrictions and controls in terms of ammunition and weapons and arms and advice and assistance that's given to apartheid Israel on, its, on, on the military side. And uh, hopefully we'll also see a souring of relations between Israel and the United States, or at least between Israel and a, a certain section of the United States. Certainly most younger people in the U.S. are against uh, the genocide in Gaza. Um, and that speaks well for years going forward, but then we're probably talking about uh, 10, 15 years hence uh, until the, the baby boomers, I'm part of the baby boomers, until we've disappeared from the world. I wonder, is, there, is it a generational issue? Um, but anyway, uh, this is where we are at the, at the moment. Um, so if Israel chooses to ignore the judgment... South Africa can ask the UN Security Council to impose sanctions and authorize the use of force to restore international peace. But given uh, that America has got its veto power, it will most likely use that in, on any resolution relating to its close ally. The proceedings um, saw the judge deciding not to throw out the ceasefire, but said it would... Um, not throw out the genocide case as Israel had asked them to do. Um, so obviously this has also made it very clear to Israel that you're no longer a special case. Don't think that you're going to be able to come along and say, oh, no, 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 but, you know, you cannot, you cannot attack us because we, six million of us were killed in the, in the, um, in, uh, in the last uh, world war. It's not going to happen anymore. That, uh, that untouchability label has been removed from apartheid Israel. And if, um, if Vigus van Heerden and the other lawyers in South Africa do go ahead with their application uh, to sue uh, European and the U.S. governments for assisting the genocide in Gaza, um, that is also likely to have major political uh, ramifications 
Uh, we're still waiting to try and hear from Vickers as to whether or not he believes that this is a weighty enough um, finding in order to proceed with his case that he's proposing to do. I think it it's, uh, sounds like a, a civil cases in America and Europe. Uh, but if those cases also go ahead, it's going to continue adding fuel to this fire. And um, sure, one wonders, are we like getting involved in the controversies that are going to ensnare people in uh, on a path to hell or not? Who oh, I sometimes wonder, you know, maybe I should just switch off all the TV sets. Maybe I should go and get some some um, some dates some date pips that we use as zik beads at our hunker here in Lanasia during Ramadan. Just get a bucket of those and just head out to the Northern Cape and and, uh, and plant oases in the Kalahari Desert. Mm. Uh, sometimes I wish, I wish that, uh, that, uh, that would be the only option open to me. And, uh, you know, maybe one day I will still take it up. But as the obligations continue seeming to open up here in order to do stuff here, I guess I'm, I'm never ever going to make it to Rimfoss Mark. But anyway, um, as we say, uh, South Africa claimed Israel had violated its ob- obligations under the genocide, uh, the UN Convention for the Prevention and Punishment of Genocide. It killed thousands of Palestinians. It used large bombs, two-ton bombs in densely populated areas. Uh, on these specifics, uh, the court uh, did not make any findings. Um, it did not, I note, uh, single out uh, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's statement about the, about the Amalek and killing their children, their wives, and their, and their livestock and so on. Um, I, I, I did point out earlier in the week that uh, the Israelis had uh, had um, included a reply to that in in their um, submission before the court, and I thought that it might be enough to uh, deflect the criticisms from Netanyahu because in that same speech he also said, "Yeah, you mustn't kill civilians." So anyway, he was probably just covering his back and knowing that uh, his troops are going to be able to read between the lines because certainly the message that they heard was kill anything you meet. So um, yeah, uh, that, that case wasn't, uh, wasn't picked up by the, by the judges. Um, but they noted the dehumanizing language against Palestinians used by Israeli Defense Force Minister Yoav Gallant in ordering a complete siege of Gaza and referring to troops fighting against human animals and saying they must wipe them all out. Following the ruling, the court will now embark on a detailed investigation to determine whether Israel has indeed violated the Genocide Convention Treaty. It's not like, you know, you come along and say, well, on a balance of probabilities, you can make a decision. The court, when it gets something serious like this, now has got its own, its own uh, obligations and imperatives that it is going to have to follow. And uh, opening up, up this case has basically opened up the sluice gates. And uh, Israel, Israel is going to be very much on the back foot, I must say, regarding Israel, uh, that their, their defendants... 
and uh, their replies to all of this continue, continue, continue to be so shamefacedly amateurish and insulting. And I'm, I'm sorry, just basically unintelligent, unintelligent. These Israelis have become really, really stupid. That is quite worrying, you know. I don't know if it's more dangerous to have a really, really stupid person's finger or the finger of a really intelligent person on the atomic bomb button. I mean, uh, do we really want the Israelis to get stupider? Because it seems that this is what is happening. Uh, The replies to criticisms, and not just by the Israeli government, but, you know, I've got many uh, Israeli friends on Facebook, and, uh, you know, I've been seeing some of them have been like sort of ardently uh, anti-Muslim. I mean, like uh, some arch anti-Muslim people who have been in my life for many years are now suddenly coming around. And, of course, you know, when they come around on Facebook and they say, yeah, no, we must end the genocide, then, of course, all of their Jewish friends, you know, put all kind of comments underneath their posts. And it is really... Uh, illuminating reading makes makes for real illuminating reading to go through their messages and read you know who are the ones are still sticking uh, sticking uh, to their guns and and say no 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 you know uh, we could never commit genocide and then you look at all of the reasons that they give and they're so puerile they're so puerile and reminiscent of white people's arguments during apartheid can you remember those days no, we can't have sanctions against South Africa because the black people will suffer. Like, you know, white South Africans implementing apartheid and I now try to convince the international world, well, of course the world is international, is in, uh, trying to convince the international community that got the, got the best interests of black South Africans at heart. And they expect the rest of the world to believe it. Like, it's a, you can draw a parallel between that and, and, and the Israelis' response to um, um, their recent uh, tank attack on Khan Yunus. Two shells fired point blank uh, into Khan Yunus. And uh, then the next day when America makes some noise, Israel ignores the rest of the world, but as soon as America and the White House uh, complain about it, then Israel issues a statement in denial. But their denial is just so stupid, 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 that no one, no one pays any attention to it. I was watching, I was watching yesterday, I I, I went through Al Jazeera, I I went through, you know, the the white TV channels, uh, France, uh, Deutsche Welle, the BBC, and so on. And when it came to Israel's uh, denial that they shot the, the, the tank shells into Khan Yunus, no one paid any attention to the denial. Everyone today still is saying that Israel fired two tank shells into Khan Yunus. The only people who listen to Israel's lies are the White House and maybe a few select politicians in the U.S. Congress. But the rest of the world is not listening to it. And listen to how stupid it is. They turn around and they say, no, no, it, 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 was, it was Hamas that did it. 
you know, it's just so stupid and ridiculous. No one is going to believe something like that. Just like no one would believe a white South African is now suddenly acting in the interests of black South Africans during apartheid. It's not going to happen. But they can't seem to see the context. They seem to have lost touch with it all. And instead, they become like the Americans. They turn around to their belly buttons and they fiddle about for a bit of lint in there and they pull out the lint and they pull it apart. And I think the more they pull the lint apart, the more you know, convincing they're going to be. That this is all that we have to look at. It's like a, a European philosopher. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, is it more dangerous to have a stupid Israeli or an intelligent Israeli with his finger on the nuclear button? But now we need to uh, go in. Now the court has made its orders. Um, the court's decision to proceed um, with a, an investigation into whether or not genocide is taking place is a crucial indication of the gravity of South Africa's accusations and the need for a thorough examination of the facts. The immediate next steps uh, will see South Africa and Israel presenting detailed arguments and evidence to support the respective cases. This is where it is going to, the, 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 the stakes are going to get higher and higher. Tensions are going to climb. We've already seen today, I know, I know many of you are going to be very disappointed by this, very disappointed by this. El Al Israeli Airlines has announced that they are no longer going to fly any flights into South Africa. They have just cut it with us. They've had enough. No more El Al flights flying into Joburg International or Cape Town. No Jewish woman uh, with the diamonds sewn into the hems of their dress has been waved through um, by the Mossad guards. Did you know that Mossad has an office? at Joburg International Airport. And they are allowed to pull anyone out of any queue that comes to want to get onto an international flight, even if you're not flying to Israel. Mossad can pull you out of that queue and interrogate. You can strip search you and probably even put on the rubber glove at Joburg International Airport. I just want to say this because, you know, twice I've tried to get international flights out of the country and twice I was subjected to some of like horribly ab abusive behavior uh, by, by the security staff at the airport. Uh, both times, both times they refused me um, permission. Well, they didn't refuse me permission. The first time they refused me permission. The second time they held me back for so long that by the time I went through the plane they had already departed. Hey, and my bags were just dumped into a corner. Like I had to wander through the backyards of Joburg International Airport. I, I, I don't know if I had been a Hamas, you know, it would have been a wonderful opportunity to plant bombs all over kind of places. I was just told, go find your bags. We don't, interest, we don't know where your bags are. I had to go like, look through all. <laughs> I couldn't believe uh, the kind of access I was given when they, when they want to insult you at Johannesburg Airport. Um, but anyway, I eventually found my bags. You know, you have to pay for rebookings. You have to do all of these things. And, you know, I was eventually able to get onto my flight. But, uh, yeah, there's most definitely a very strong Mossad influence at Johannesburg International Airport. That Mossad office needs to be shut down. Needs to be shut down and never reopened again. And if the CIA have an office, that also needs to be shut down. But anyway, 
It remains to be seen what kind of action the United States is going to take against South Africa. Because look what happened to Cuba. The United States doesn't forget these things. The thing about Cuba is Cuba is just a little island right off the coast of Florida. Whereas Africa isn't an island. And Af uh, South Africa isn't an island, and Africa isn't an island. Uh, and South Africa has got very solid, loving, warm support from the rest of Africa, other than, you know, a few uh, Ugandans. Africa will not take kindly to the United States taking action against South Africa. Could this now then become uh, the means whereby Africa starts uniting a, a, around its own interests? Hmm? Very interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, it's very clear to all people. And I mean, I think this fact needs to be established. That Israel is not waging genocide against Gazans. Israel is waging genocide against every single civilian in this world today. Because Israel is trying to establish for itself and its allies that this is the new normal. This is the new normal. So it's not just Hazen's rights that have been affected. It's your rights and every single civilian's rights in the world. This is an onslaught against humanity itself. The entire earth is under attack from apartheid Israel. So anyway, if we start now moving into beyond reasonable doubt kind of testimony, as the International Court of Justice starts investigating this issue, this phase is likely to be characterized by extensive legal research, witness testimonies, and intense scrutiny of all relevant facts and international laws. Israel is going to try and clog the whole machine, because Israel knows now its only two hopes are in uh, legal procedure, trying to create loopholes, trying to uh, prevent uh, decisions from being heard, trying to prevent witnesses from coming, uh, trying to um, uh, undermine witnesses, to discredit witnesses, uh, to, and to wage a very, very dirty war. And my feeling is that the more intensively Israel wages this dirty war, the more unpopular it is going to become on the international stage, and even with more specific reference to Africa. Yes, the process is expected to be lengthy and complex, and Israel is going to try and make sure that it is as lengthy and as complex as possible. Uh, it's, it's amazing how you can tie cases up into obscurity by looking at the minutiae of the procedures of law. No, well, this document wouldn't come. Well, no, they didn't establish the nature of a dispute, or they didn't inform all of the parties, although this party uh, hasn't had sufficient time to prepare. And then, like, you know, you'll be, um, perhaps what they should do is they should just get an ordinary 
1,500 rand lawyer from uh, any magistrate's court in the United States, anyone who's had to like defend themselves against a criminal charge or a loved one against a criminal charge in South Africa will know. You get a criminal lawyer, your criminal lawyer is going to try and take as much money out of your pocket bargain for one delay after another delay after another delay after another extension. And that's all they're good at. They're going to take at least 15,000, 20,000 rand out of your pocket in the initial proceedings just by asking for delays. Now, we'd like to postpone this court uh, date until such and such a date. I know, sorry, you know, we know, got very busy. And, you know, all of these, all, all of these uh, 10 cent lawyers are, are taking on as many cases as possible. So when they look at the diary, they say, no, 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 can't, not available there, not available there, not available there. And they're never available anywhere because the more unavailable they are, the more money they can make. Yeah, so anyway, but that's just my own personal particular dig against um, criminal lawyers in South Africa. Uh, you know what I mean, and you know what I'm talking about if you're one of them. Yeah, you guys that have been chying all the money out of the road accident fund for all of those years, claiming you didn't have to listen to a 25% limitation imposed by the government. Can you believe that? Anyway, uh, there are a lot of black uh, lawyers, a lot of Muslim lawyers who jumped onto that bandwagon. Yeah, and I know some of your names. I know some of your names. Anyway, uh, moving on to coming down to uh, beyond reasonable doubt decision by the court. The sort of court will now be compelled to make to come to that kind of um, eventual conclusion. That's going to be uh, lengthy and uh, complex. Final judgments, which will be legally binding, could significantly impact the relationship between South Africa and Israel. I don't believe we should have one at all, as well as the standing in the international community. But, uh, of course, uh, the uh, court doesn't have any implementation or enforcement power. And that's going to come down to the uh, UN Security Council, where the United States... Although, you know, it depends on who's the president of the United States at the time. And if it's Donald Trump, it will depend on whether or what kind of breakfast he had in the morning. Uh, who knows? Maybe under Donald Trump, the United States uh, could uh, make a very funny um, decision uh, if implementation by the International Court of Justice is demanded. But we all know you can't depend on the United States when it comes to uh, when it comes to Nazi Israel. Uh, commenting on the case, um, other other news sites have noted uh, that the genocide case may have ruffled feathers in the capitals of vital Western trading parties, but it most certainly has boosted South Africa's standing as a champion of the downtrodden global South. That gamble is likely to pay off thanks to renewed rivalry for Africa's minerals and UN votes between the West, China and Russia, turbocharged by Russia's war in Ukraine. Regardless of what the International Court of Justice rules, the, ruled, the case is clearly embarrassing for Israel and its allies. Uh, and, to, and grumble though they might, they can scarcely afford to alienate Africa's industrial and diplomatic heavyweights, which is South Africa, especially with the United States' main superpower rival, China, wooing the continent with money, railways, and tech transfers. Said Stephen Friedman, uh, director of uh, South Africa's Center for the Study of Democracy, if you're going to start punishing South Africa for going to the International Court of Justice, then you're going to have to start punishing a lot of other African countries. And if you do that, then you might as well send Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping a letter saying you've won. 
underscoring the point on a visit to Angola yesterday, U.S. Uh, Secretary of State Antony Blinken, uh, the apologist for genocide, said of South Africa's case, whether or not we have a disagreement, one particular matter doesn't take away from the important work that we're doing together in so many other areas. Ah, interesting, huh? Interesting. But then, of course, you know that the United States lies. South African officials often compare the erstwhile struggle against white minority rule to the Palestinian cause. And that's a comparison Israel, of course, strongly disputes, but we all know is true. South Africa has projected itself as a critic of a world all it sees as mainly serving the interests of the U.S. and the rich country allies who promote international norms they enforce on foes, but often not on friends or even on themselves. During the COVID pandemic, it was uh, President Sul Ramaphosa who denounced the rich world for hogging all the vaccines. Uh, South Africa was instrumental, was instrumental in marketing BRICS, an alternative to Western hegemony with 40 nations now queuing up to join. Said Ogunomodede, uh, Chris Ogunomodede, analyst at World Politics Review, the ICJ case is another indication of the important place South Africa sees, seeks to occupy as one of the continent's leading voices on global affairs. The same will be enhanced by taking a firm stance on the Gaza war, which has displaced so many uh, Palestinians, nearly two million of them. Uh, but uh, there has been a difference. Uh, South Africa took no such unequivocal moral stance on Russia last year, and that has raised eyebrows. The government unsuccessfully sought a waiver from its obligation to arrest Vladimir Putin, uh, who was supposed to arrive for the summit in BRICS, uh, he's been charged with alleged war crimes in Ukraine. So uh, when they couldn't get that ruling, uh, South Africa decided uh, that Putin wouldn't, uh, wouldn't visit. Um, of course, Feral Hoffiji, Feral Hoffiji of the Daily Maverick, I guess, you know, is living with all of those nice white people there. She's got to like hedge your bets, but she says an elemental principle of morality is that they can't be selective. South Africa did not do right by the Ukrainian people. Well, I suppose, you know, if she wants to keep a job there, that's something that she has to do. But she did praise South Africa for picking a first-rate legal team to fight the ICJ case. Mm, yeah. Oh, well, that just, that's all ferial going out there, hey? Batting for the Palestinians, I'm sure they're so happy. South Africans are proud of the strong rule of law that emerged from the anti-apartheid struggle. And uh, uh, Chris Van Dorm, uh, senior Southern Africa researcher at Chatham House in London, can't trust those people as far as I'm concerned. But anyway, sometimes they do say nice things to try and get on our good side. He said, seeing uh, their judges on the bench of the ICJ wearing South African scarves is like watching the Springboks win the World Cup. It is a point of pride. Mm. Um, looking at our reactions further afield, Lubna Farhat, member of Ramallah City Council, uh, said she was somewhat disappointed by the ICJ decision, but acknowledged that it was a historical moment. We are very grateful and thankful for South Africa for filing this case, but what Palestinians aspired for was an immediate ceasefire, she said, adding it was disheartening that the court did not call for an end uh, to Israel's military operations uh, and for the humanitarian aid to be allowed into Gaza. She said the ruling would only escalate settler attacks in the occupied, we occupied West Bank and increase the settlers' sense of impunity. 
Benjamin Netanyahu said in a video that Israel is fighting a war just like no other, a just war like no other. He adds Israel will continue to defend itself and its citizens while adhering to international law. So it would be interesting to see, is there going to be an intensification of their bombardment tonight or not? Is it going to slowly but surely just try to fade away into the distance? Far-right Nazi, uh, Israeli National Security Minister Itamar Ben-Gavir mocked the, the court ruling. Good for you. Go for it. it. It won't be forgotten by the judges, by the way. He said, Haig Schmeig, in his first comment. When they, when they do something like when they say Schmeig, like um, um, morality, schmorality, they mean that yeah, you're just being a hypocrite when you, when you pull uh, the argument of morality. They say oh, morality, schmorality, whatever. Anyway. Um, Riyadh Maliki, Palestinian Minister of Foreign Affairs, said the ICJ ruling shows no state is above the law. Uh, he said, Palestine welcomes a significant order by the International Court of Justice in South Africa's case against Israel under the Genocide Convention. In the light of the incontrovertible evidence presented to the court about the unfolding genocide, the court ordered these provisional measures. The ICJ ruling is an important reminder. No state is above the law or beyond the reach of justice. It breaks Israel's entrenched culture of criminality and impunity, which has characterized its decades-long occupation, dispossession, persecution, and apartheid in Palestine. Israel failed to convince the court it was not violating the Genocide Convention. The judges saw through Israel's politicization, deflection, and outright lies. They assessed the facts and the law and organized provisional measures that recognized the gravity of the situation on the ground and the veracity of South Africa's application. Israel is accused of destroying an entire people and will now stand accused of genocide, the crime of all crimes. Palestine calls on all states to ensure respect for the order of the International Court of Justice, including by Israel. Governments must ensure they're not complicit in this genocide, starting with stopping arms trade with Israel. Governments must also endeavor to stop the industrial slaughter and destruction in Gaza. This is now a binding legal obligation. The Palestinian people and leadership will be forever grateful to the people and government of South Africa for taking this bold step of active solidarity. Sure, I can almost feel the tears in my eyes. Alhamdulillah. We're also grateful to the millions of people who have not stopped taking to the streets around the world to protest the genocide and champion Palestinian rights of life and freedom. Palestine will continue to work with its allies to assure an end to the genocide, accountability for the atrocious crimes, and the protection of our collective rights as peoples of the world to equal human rights, justice, and freedom. This is a fight for humanity the world cannot afford to lose. Hamas hailed the court's ruling as important, saying it contributes to isolating Israel. The International Court of Justice's decision is an important development which contributes to isolating Israel and exposing its crimes in Gaza, it said. I was thinking, you know, if the court had ordered a ceasefire, I think there would have been a very strong possibility that Hamas would have almost immediately released the hostages. But that didn't happen. Um, other... other other commentators have said it's an interesting ruling because the judges agreed with most of South Africa's arguments. They agreed they had jurisdiction. 
they agreed they have standing that some of the things South Africa has alleged are certainly taking place within the definition of the Genocide Convention. But where South Africa will be unhappy is in the final operative paragraph because the rulings on provisional measures are not what they asked for. There are some specifics that Israel must do, more humanitarian aid. Israel has got to appear again before the court with a report in a month's time to deal with the issues the court has raised. The ruling says Israel needs to take every measure in its power to prevent things that could lead to genocide. It's for legal scholars now to look at this because those include preventing killings of people within the protected group. Well, the protected group is Palestinians. So if you're going to protect Palestinians in Gaza and for that matter probably in the West Bank, how can that happen when Israel continues its indiscriminate bombardment on the ground in Gaza? Um, South Africa has hailed what it calls a decisive victory for international rule of law. Uh, thanking the ICJ for its swift ruling, the government said it welcomed the provisional measures and said it sincerely hoped Israel would not act to frustrate the application of the court's orders. It further said the ruling marked a significant milestone in the search for justice for the Palestinian people. It added South Africa will continue to act within global institutions to protect the rights of Palestinians. Uh, in a statement, the Palestinian Foreign, Foreign Ministry welcomed the order, saying it's an important reminder no state is above the, is above the law. And uh, with that, I'm afraid, uh, we've come uh, to the end of the show. By the way, uh, death toll in Gaza is now well above 26,000. At least 183 people and 300 killed and 377 wounded over the last 24 hours. Okay, yeah, that's all we have time for. Jazakumallah for joining us. Uh, May Allah Ta'ala bless you over this weekend. May Allah Ta'ala have mercy on the Palestinians. Oh Allah, yeah, it is in these times that we remember... We've been through the Mongols, we've been through many, many persecutions, and every era there will be those who fight for justice and there will be always the Zalimun, those who commit zulum, the oppressors. There will be oppressors and those who fight oppression in every era. And the oppressors will seem to win, but they will never win. And the believers will seem to lose, but we will never lose. Because we all have to die. Genghis Khan has been in his grave for hundreds and hundreds of years. Julius Caesar has been in his grave. Napoleon has been in his grave. Stalin has been in his grave. Hitler has been in his grave. They all stood and threatened the world. And now they food for worms. On that we say, Jazakallah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.